and it was a struggle when I came here. This is the Financial Side of Life podcast, episode 24. Welcome to the Financial Side of Life podcast. Our mission, to empower you with smart financial strategies and show that it's possible to get a college education, save, invest, retire, or do whatever makes sense to help you live your best life. We'll meet amazing people and professionals who will share stories about how they do it, and together we hope to bring a little sanity to your complex financial life. And now, here is your host, Certified Financial Planner Pro and founder of Avea Financial Planning, Angie Forbotten-LaRossi. Hey everybody, Angie Forbotten-LaRossi here, and I want to welcome you to the Financial Side of Life podcast. Today, my guest is Hilario Zaragoza with Empire Bros Construction, which is a construction company based right here in the Tri-Cities, Washington. Um, about 12 years ago, a friend of mine and I had the idea that we wanted to try flipping houses. So we went and talked to a couple of homeowners in distress, um, but actually we didn't do any deals. It just, we just didn't get very far with that. But I've renewed my interest in real estate investing and since I've been attending and learning more about real estate, um, I've been starting to go to our local investor meetings here in the Tri-Cities. And so back you know, years ago when we were first looking at this, they used to publish all the foreclosures and things like that in the local paper. So I learned that they would do home auctions on the county courthouse steps, which I thought was just really strange. Um, again, my friend and I didn't get very far and we never actually went to any of these auctions. So recently I just got curious. I looked up to see what auctions there might be going on. I, I found some info on the internet and found that they were going to be here in Pasco, where our county courthouse is located on an upcoming Friday. So I put that on my calendar and I attended just a few weeks ago for the very first time. It was there that I met Hilario. Uh, I was just there really to observe and intended to watch from a distance, which meant being outside the security gates. But there was, there was action, there were people, and there was a woman reading some stuff up at the auction site, and I couldn't hear anything, so I decided I would go in. Um, so again, there were a few people standing around and waiting. Uh, turns out that the 9 a.m. auction had just been postponed, and they were waiting around for another auction that was going to be at 10, so I waited as well. So being that we were standing there for about an hour, we struck up a conversation, and as always, I was just kind of picking picking his brain and asking questions and, you know, trying to learn more while we were standing there waiting. So after talking to Ilario for quite some time, at least an hour, I want to say, um, I just really thought that his story was super interesting because he's a young man. Um, some of the things I learned about him really intrigued me with the fact that he's very thoughtful and um aware of what's important as far as, you know, building wealth and how he's using real estate to do that. And so even though for myself, we have our family, we have one rental that we've had now for 15 years, I feel like I have this fear or this fear factor to get over in order to get started in real estate. And I'm, I'm guessing some of my listeners would too. Um, so I just think that Ilario has a great story, and I asked him to come on the, the show today to talk with us and share his knowledge and experience. So I'd like to welcome Ilario. Welcome. Thank you for Thank joining you. us. Thank you, Angie, for giving me a chance to come and share a little, uh, little bit of uh, my 
testimony and my experience in this field of, of Ex work. Yeah. Excellent. Okay. So, Ilario, I just like to always start by if you could just tell us a little bit about yourself, a little bit about your background. Okay. Well, um, as you mentioned, my name is Ilario Saragosa. Um, I come from a family of uh, 10. Um, I'm from Mexico. And uh, my family came to, to the United States in 2001. We all immigrated to this country. Okay. Um, my parents uh, used to work in in the fields, doing farm and that kind of kind of work. So um, poor childhood, you can say. Okay. You know, we had our limits. Uh, uh, we live outside the country. We didn't have uh, electrical on our community. Um, we didn't have a lot of uh, services like water and all that kind of good stuff mm -hmm. so um everything with that we we used to survive out there was just more of a natural living um world you may say you know a little bit away from from somewhat of civilization if you want to call it you know <laughs> so um i the first time i seen a tv was when i was like about 12 years old um, it was black and white that somebody there in the neighborhoods didn't like or wanted to throw away or something. So we end up with it. Um, so we moved out of my hometown when I was 12 to a different, a little bigger city. So we stayed there for two years and after that we came here to the U.S. And you were how old then? I was 14 years 14. old when I got here. In 2001, so I thought when I would be like 18, 21, I was gonna go back to my country because um, I, at the time, I didn't think uh, I wanted to to leave somewhere else that it would be now my country, you know. So um, it was a struggle when I came here because I didn't know the language. I had to uh, learn uh, a second language and. Um, the school was a little challenging because uh, there was not a lot of people to you can relate with. So um, I kept my thinking of going back to my country. But after I got got out of high school, uh, 2005, uh, Pasco High. Mm -hmm. Go Bulldogs. Go Bulldogs, of course. <laughs> yes. So um, I went back to my country a couple of years after graduation, 2007, met my wife, married her, and then we came back to the U.S. So at the time when we uh, we just got married, um, we decided that uh, we were going to start doing a saving plan to uh, build our own home in, in the future. So that's kind of where I come from um, and how been my transition from Mexico, uh, Mexico mm -hmm. now to the U.S. here and um, now I feel this is my country. Is um, I've been here more than half of my life, so uh, and I've got the best opportunities in my life being here in the U.S. So um, all my family is here, all my knowledge I think is here. Uh, seems like a lot of stuff back in my country I don't know about because I was so young when I came here that I didn't know the system back in my country. Now I, I feel I know the system better here in the U.S. than right. what I would know 
back in my countries. Okay, so tell me about being in a family of 10 <laughs> <laughs> and what that relates to what you're doing now. Well, being coming from a family of 10. Is that 10 kids or 10 total? We're 10 kids ten total. Kids. Okay. Yeah. So it's seven boys and uh, two girls. Um, so being in a family of 10 means you gotta learn to share one thing because a lot of the times the clothes that the older we were then you will end up with it after a couple of years right. all ripped and all but it was new new cloth for you anyway so um you gotta learn that you gotta um push yourself to to be part of the team you know you gotta be part of the team because um you cannot just work individually um and um, my dad always had that rule that the younger needed to respect the older. So uh, I think I learned respect um, and how to work with others and to uh, uh, accept the others how they are because we're all different in a way. Right. And no matter if we're brothers, we kind of have the same formation and, uh, and uh, ideals or, or moral rules. But on the end, uh, every everybody's got their own way of thinking and seeing things. So sometimes a challenge, and and uh, sometimes or many times I would say, uh, and more of a blessing because uh, I always had friends. Yeah, a lot of brothers, so <laughs> I didn't have to. And when I had got in trouble, then I had a lot of brothers to look out for me. So right. So where where were you in the one through ten? Where did you find? Oh, I'm a young kid. Um, I'm from the one through ten. I am number seven. Number seven. Okay. Yeah. Number seven. I, I am always enthralled with big families because it just kind of blows my mind how people do that. You know, just make life work with that many people. I think of how do you even cart, you know, that many people in a car. We have car seats now, you know, bunk beds or triple bunk beds, you know. How do you sleep, kids? It's just that to me it's always a very interesting look into a, a person's life because yeah. It does say something about somebody who comes from a big family. Uh, it's got to just really sculpt a lot to do with how you think and how you manage. I mean, just the noise factor and the, you know, cleaning up factor and all those kind of issues that come along with multiple people living in a house. So anyway, um, so now you jump ahead a few years. You have a business with how many of your siblings? We're six brothers. Six of you. Okay. Six of us are in the business. All right. And uh, the seventh is the older one, and uh, he's kind of been working more in um, agriculture. He's okay. a general manager for, um, I believe, Brochies. Mm -hmm. So um, he works there, and he's kind of getting a little curious about construction now. He wants to trade, uh, change trades, and well, we'll see what happens in, here in the future, but we're, we're Currently six. Six, okay. So tell me about your business. What do you guys do? Well, uh, we're general contractors. Mm -hmm. uh, our main line of work is concrete and um, building homes and remodeling homes. And you do these for other people? Well, most of our work um, is our own projects Okay. Uh, as far as building homes and remodeling homes. Uh, we built some homes for other people as well, but um, we, we we do both, but a lot of them is our own projects. 
So we met at the county courthouse, you know, on the auction, at the auction site on the steps. And so were you there to try to buy a property for yourself, like for your own project? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. And, and what were your plans? What were you trying to do? Well, uh, there was one house that, um, that dragged my attention, um, that I wanted to buy mm-hmm. so we can fix and sell. Um, a little older home, but uh, I've seen a little potential and we had some money so we can invest into the property and um, carry on with the next project. So it got postponed, so that went away, but right. that was kind of the focus of, of me being there at the auction. So would you call what you were trying to do flipping? Were yes. Trying to flip that house? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And so how long ago did you guys start doing your construction business? Well, we started our business on February last year. Uh, it was it's not very um, very old. Okay. Yeah, which is being in business. This is our second year. So, but we all been in construction for the last twelve to fifteen years. Okay. So you guys aren't new timers, but your no. business is new. Yes. Excellent. Okay. And then how how would you say that you guys got started? What did you do to actually get your business going? Well, um, years back, we talk about doing a business with my brothers and we all agree that um, that was something we all wanted to do and do a business with the family for the family so uh, we decided that we all need to first be free of debt so um, we're talking about eight years ago when we uh, started talking about the business. So we started doing building the first home for my brother. Uh, He has had some of the money to to start the project. Uh, He needed some money to finish it off. So he put all his money into the investment of his property and then all the rest of the brothers pitching some money so he could complete the project. We didn't charge him no interest or anything like that. We just let him loan the money. And once he will get the money, he'll pay, pay that, pay that back. Mm-hmm. So, uh, that was the first one. Then we, uh, found another home in West Richland for my other brother, which I purchased it. And, uh, um, another brother's, another brother, um, loaned me like $15,000 so we can purchase that property. They went and lived on the house. They purchased the property from me and they kept it. So they lived there. And, um, and so that's kind of how we, we, uh, help each other out one by one till everybody, um, last year, um, by January or so, the last one had to own this house. Really? The last of the six of you? The last of the six of us. So when you say you own, you all own your own house. Are you saying that you own them outright, or are you debt-free yes. on the homes? Yeah, debt-free. Uh, we all own our homes debt-free, no money owed to the bank. That's amazing. I mean, that's really amazing. Yeah, it's uh, it's been uh, a crazy dream that we dream about for a long time. Mm-hmm. And uh, the thank God we uh, we accomplished that. And then once we accomplished that, we, we, we knew that we were ready to start a business. Excellent. 
Do you guys specialize in any particular area, like single-family homes or duplexes or something? Or uh, we we built a lot of uh, single-family, um, but uh, we're open to build any kind of uh, construction, and uh, we have uh, the knowledge and the experience on the field. But uh, in our business now, being so young, and uh, we only have had a chance to do. Uh, a lot of single home, mm-hmm. single family homes, yeah. Okay. So tell me a little more about your attempts, like to go to auction to find homes that are, um, I would guess I would call them devalued or you know right. lower value, that you have the opportunity to fix up and either sell or rent. Do you have rentals? No, not yet. Not yet. No. Is that part of your plan? That's uh, yes. Once we. Um, we create enough um, funds in the in the company that we can start um, leaving some money behind, mm-hmm. sitting on a business on, on an investment, mm-hmm. so we can just get um, passive income uh, for those. Uh, we would. Um, so right now, the the plan of the business or, or the vision of the business is first make the business grow mm-hmm. a little more. So we can have enough money to purchase house for investment and keep those investments, not just buy them and sell them and make a profit. Right now, at this moment, we need to grow our, our money, I guess. So um, it's more beneficial to us to buy, fix, and sell because the market is so so hot. So right uh, now, right now. Mm-hmm. So uh, us, we will make. Ten thousand dollars off of a house to rent, and when we can make forty, fifty thousand dollars on a flip, mm-hmm. so it doesn't make sense mm-hmm. at the moment for us to uh, keep any of the houses we purchase at the auction because we will be losing money instead of making money. Mm-hmm. So, are you doing any other types of investments outside of the homes that you're buying? Because you're saying that you're making forty to fifty thousand dollars on a home, like on a flip, um, are you taking any of that and putting that into some, I would call it portfolio investment to to set and grow right that way? Uh, that's that's kind of in the stage where we are right now. Mm-hmm. Um, the portfolio is definitely something we want to start creating mm-hmm. here soon, but. Um, Right now, it seems like all the money that we've been making is just enough money to uh, to keep us going into the next project, into the next project. Right. So um, once we get a little more solid on the money, we'll be able to start creating a portfolio. Um, right now, we're looking into a subdivision that we're trying to do. We own the land, and uh, we already have some topographics on it. Um, so the development is going to be about 30 homes. We will be doing all the infrastructure ourselves. And um, I'm hoping after we get this project done, then we'll start a portfolio right after that. Okay. So there's things like uh, company-based company, company uh, based retirement plans like a 401k. That's something a small business like yours could do. Right. Um, and are you are you guys all employees of the firm or? Pretty much. Pretty much. Okay. Yeah, we are all employees. 
and uh, we have uh, two more employees that work with us. Oh, okay. Okay, so back to my question. You know, you're at the auction. Um, you're, what is your process for, you know, finding homes and then fixing them up and then flipping and selling them? How do you kind of go through that process? First, I look them up at the auction site. Mm -hmm. So once I look them, look them up and I kind of look the general information of them, then, is, is there a particular auction site you use, or are there several uh, auction sites? There's different uh, auction sites you can use. So um, I think auction.com is one of them. Yes, okay. yes. And that that's, might be where I found the you know Franklin County Courthouse right. dates. Yeah, that's uh, that's the more the most common one that I go to. Okay. Um, I know there's uh, stocks.com. I know there's some other ones that you can uh, go and find properties on, mm -hmm. but um, that's auction.com is definitely the, the one that I use the most. So, and after I, I, I look them up on site, I can, I can kind of determine based on uh, the neighborhood, based on the square footage, um, and I get an approximate value of neighboring properties and stuff. So I can determine how much can that property be sold for and how much can I pay for it at the beginning, how much money I'm gonna put into it. So I gotta figure all those numbers before I, uh, I say I need to, I'm gonna try to purchase a property. Mm -hmm. I need to know all those factors so I can visual or estimate my profit on a, on a project mm -hmm. so I don't end up losing any money on it. Right, do you have some kind of formula in your head or a formula is used to map that out? Well, uh, I th I would say it's more of a um, experience on on the trade because when I see a house, uh, I kind of I already know how many days worth of work is gonna be for uh, our team. Mm -hmm. um, so you have a value kind of per day, like I just know it's gonna right. cost us two hundred bucks a day or something. Right. Like so um, on each remodel. Um, from 1,200 to 1,500 square foot home, you'll be looking to uh, invest right about 25 to $30,000 to get it 100% uh, remodeled. And, and it can be different, depends of uh, things like central here and there not working, major things that may affect your budget. Mm -hmm. So, um, or surprises, <laughs> or little yeah. surprises that could be, yeah. but a lot of those surprises is more of a labor. Okay, so, um, if you have a team that knows how to work, those, uh, at least, at least for our, our company, our team is not, is not something that affects too much our numbers mm -hmm. because us being the workers and the owners, uh, we only have, uh, our regular um, weekly or two-week payment that we get mm -hmm. from the company. So um, we're not going to be more expensive as somebody trying to purchase a house and finding things, weird things that needs to be fixed or extra things that you guys didn't or somebody didn't realize that were needed. Mm -hmm. So they need to hire somebody and then that's when it cost really increases. But for us, just w we can have so much control because of how we structure our business. Right. Yeah, that's really a great 
plan, good way to do it. Wish I had five brothers. <laughs> well, you can be part of our family now. We'll Except my older brother broke my collarbone, so uh -oh. I'm not sure I want that four brothers. <laughs> Maybe a bad idea, yeah. <laughs> okay, so so you looked at auction sites, you've estimated the approximate value of the home once you fixed it up and were able to sell it, and you've estimated how much it's going to cost to fix it up. What, what's next? Once uh, all, the, all that's done and estimated, well, we'll go to the auction, see if we can purchase when, and I have a maximum bid that I can only go. Uh, my margin needs to be uh, big enough to support the investment, mm -hmm. to uh, take care of the real estate fees, and then make some money out of that. So if a house goes for more money than what I anticipated, uh, I just don't purchase it. But if everything goes good, we purchase the house, we fix the house, and then we put it right at the market. And so when you go to the auction, you actually have to go with cash in hand, right? That's correct. And you have, um, <laughs> what do you call them? You have cashier's checks, right? That's correct, in yes. In a wide variety of denominations. Yes. Uh, Which you I have... find just really interesting <laughs> that they'll do it that way. Yes, that's, that's how it goes. Uh, uh, well, you got to, what I do, I just get a check. Um, about five thousand, or right about the number that the minimum, the minimum bid's gonna start, mm -hmm. and then I get like five thousand dollar checks, ten thousand dollar checks. That way, if uh, it stops at five thousand dollar more, I can give them five thousand dollar more. If it's eight, seven, or whatever, I give them ten thousand dollar, and they only have to refund me a couple thousand dollars back instead of uh, them holding ten thousand dollars off me yeah. for two weeks or whatever when I can use them for another project. Right. So that's how long it takes to get a refund? Um, right about uh, 10 days, yeah. 7 to 10 days. Okay, so then you've bought the, you maybe have bought the home at auction and you, you how long does it take to work on it to fix it up typically? For us, mm -hmm. um, typically a home takes from two to three weeks. Okay. Uh, and it's worst about three weeks. Really? And fast. for us, uh -huh. that's what it takes. Uh, for other companies, it may take a lot more mm -hmm. just because uh, of the time frames and if they're equipped enough to get the job done. Mm -hmm. So uh, we are very efficient because we have a lot of equipment. We invested a lot of money into mm -hmm. having everything we need to get things done. Right. So um, and not having to struggle for uh, things needed to get the job done. So instead of renting and doing this stuff, invest yourself into buying good equipment and uh, tools that you need to get things done more efficiency, with more efficiency. Yeah. yeah. So what about like appliances in the kitchen and things like that? You don't stock stuff like that, do you? No, I do not. Um, you just have somewhere you go. Uh, we have a uh, um, for new homes. We obviously buy new. Uh, for uh, remodels, I have a a company that we work with that he sells me the uh, appliances and they're refurnished mm -hmm. so I can get them for half of the price um, and still um, I have give them a warranty so if everything goes bad I can call my guy and he come and fix them up. Mm -hmm. Okay so do you work then with a realtor? Do you have one of your family members is that a realtor and how do you sell it? Well uh, good question. Um, we just uh, my sister right now it's getting a, her um, real estate license okay so she could be our formal real estate 
uh, agent. But right now we're using um, um, Enrique Salazar. He's a broker mm -hmm. uh, from Realty uh, Home. So he's the one that's been selling our homes for now. Okay. And uh, before we used to use, we used to use uh, DJ James. Mm -hmm. She's uh, a real estate agent. And then they just go sell it, and you get the income, the, the money, and you go do it again. Yeah, that's it. So how many projects do you tend to have going at the same time, if any? Do you overlap, or do you focus on one? Um, well, since we just not only do remodels and flips and build homes and stuff, um, I try to keep jobs overlapping a little bit. Mm -hmm. That way uh, we don't end up with no work. Right. So... Um, Right now we just finished one one remodel. Uh, yesterday was the first day on the market, um, and we're already uh, in the process of closing with another another uh, deal. Um, we have a subdivision where we're doing all the comfy work. Yeah, we have uh, four buildings to do in Marawa, all the comfy work on them. Mm -hmm. um, working in another project in Grandview, so we got different projects going on. Uh, try to have at least five to seven projects at once. Oh wow! So we can um, keep ourselves busy. Right. Are you the guy trying to coordinate all that stuff? Yes. That's your job. Okay. One of your jobs. The one of my jobs. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So uh, I'm just you know you just described the process. So what do you think it would take for someone like me <laughs> or someone who's listening? To get started, how would they start, okay. and what do they need, money-wise or experience-wise or people-wise? What do they need to get started, if anything? Right. Well, um, like anything, you know, you gotta have money, obviously. But I think um, the most important thing, and for you to have, if you want to do this kind of business, is desire. Want to do it? You just want to do it. Um, because there's ways. Uh, if there's will, there's there's a way. So um, I believe that if uh, if you wanna get into this business, you can. There's um, companies that will lend you money. There's investors out there that have money that wanna give you money. Right. So you can do these kind of deals. Are you talking about hard money lenders? Um, there are hard money lenders. There's one. That's one. That's probably the um, little more risky way of doing it. Okay. Uh, there's lenders that. Um, Investors that then uh, ask hard for the interest, okay, okay. so they give you um, good interest. You just gotta look for those, those kind of people that can lend you money. They're just private individuals. Private individuals in the community. In the community. Okay. Yes. And you know, so I've been attending the real estate investors meetup group here. Would right. they be perhaps people in that room? It could be, possibly? definitely could be. Okay. Um, then you just have to possibly approach some of them and say, hey, this is what I'm doing. Um, I'm looking for some money. Oh, well, maybe I may be, maybe, sorry, I'm, I may be able to help you out. So you can work with them. Um, I know Michelle from action.com. Um, she knows a lot from uh, individuals like this. Oh. So um, she be somebody to talk to about that, you know. So there's options. So that's why I say that if, if that's something that you desire to do, you can do it. Um, the way we did it uh, is more of a traditional way of doing things. 
um, because that's how we felt safer for us. Mm-hmm. Um, so clarify, what do you mean by traditional? A traditional way means saving up money, enough money to get you off debt first, get you off of debt first. Okay. Save money so you can start, start your business. And uh, try to not have a lot of debt as far as getting what you're getting for your business, like trucks, equipment, and all that, because all that's going to add up into your expenses. And let's say you get a deal where you're only going to be profiting twenty or $30,000, but you have too much payments, then your $20,000, $30,000 may end up being five or ten because you have too much expense. So it puts you in a spot where you need to be getting so much money coming in for you even to survive. So the cost of your business or overhead, however you want to call it, it just goes up. Uh, And that's something that we always uh, try to avoid as much as possible. There's things that are convenient to go through the banks. And there's things that are not convenient to go through the banks. Okay. Uh, and it can be done both ways. But it's more beneficial to you when you can have more control of the money uh, that you have with you mm-hmm. instead of somebody having control over what you got because so, you owe them. Like being your own bank? Pretty yeah. much. <laughs> Pretty much in a way, yes. If you can. If you can. I mean, that's, that's a challenge to have yes. enough to be your own bank, but... And and and, uh, um, and and like I say, it's not the only way. There's other options, but that's the way we uh, uh, we have gone, and uh, it's been successful for us. For us, and I'm sure you guys, uh, a lot of a lot of people can go through the banks and do this business and still make money, good money, um, based on the experience that I got that I've seen. Mm-hmm. So the only obstacle with that is that a lot, a lot of times when you start a business. The banks are a little more sensitive with lending money to first-time business owners for the first couple of years. So that could be something challenging. Sure. So getting over that mm -hmm. hump, so to speak. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, One of the things that when we were talking that kind of struck me as interesting, you know, I I deal mostly with stocks and bonds, that kind of investment for my clients. And in my personal life as well, except for my rental. So stocks and bonds, stock market, thing like, things like that, which has risks, right? It's risky. And some people really fear it. They won't invest in the stock market for that reason. Um, but you you made a comment that I thought was just interesting because I have this fear factor still of trying to get into doing what you're doing. And you told me that you feel very conservative, that you feel like this isn't risky, and I'm just, I'm really kind of interested in that perspective because that's not my perspective. I feel like it's not, it's not necessarily risky, risky, um, because you have a hard asset to at least support what you're buying, but there are risks involved as there are in anything. Um, you know, things that come to mind are those surprises because you're buying a house unseen at auction for, for a large part. You know, what kind of risks, even if you're comfortable with them, which you appear to be, what kind of risks are there? What kind of risk can you identify or what have you even experienced? There's a lot of things, unknowns that you may encounter. Um, But knowing the field in a trade 
it helps you definitely uh, approach your situations uh, better. Mm -hmm. So there's many, many things you can you can encounter when you come to uh, buying a house. And when I say I'm conservative, is um, I don't mean in a way that um, I'm a f the guy that um, is not willing to risk anything. Uh, but I'm, I'm, I'm the guy that have to analyze what I'm doing. And once I do my study, then I say I'm good. And I'm conservative enough in that regard. But um, when you find a, find, buy a house, there's a lot of things unknowns, like I said. So it could be structure. It could be things like that. For me, um, because I've been doing in the, in the, in the in construction for so long i go and look around the houses and i only check and inspect what's more important foundation uh that the roof is not collapsing um that ac units are there or things like that mm -hmm. the things, bigger the bigger ticket. things okay. yeah because <clears throat> you may spend too much money on them and aside of that you gotta check in um Make sure that the title is clean. It's very one of the most important things. Right, you were telling me that. Yeah, and you gotta <laughs> just make sure that um, there's no liens on the property. Um, auctions is coming for them to remove all most of the liens. Some of them may still be attached, but those are only federal. The federal should stay there, and they you they have uh, ninety days to remove them. If they wish to do that, if not, they have the right to purchase the house from you for the same price you purchased it. So, when things like that happen, you can still purchase the property, but you gotta know that you gotta first free it up and request uh, federal government to release its right of the property. Okay. So once they release the right to the property, then you can come in and put money to it. Uh, I just had to go through a little um, a scary situation because of one situation like that. I bought a, we bought a house over in 68 and um, purchased the house. We fixed it in two weeks. It was on the market. Two days it was sold. Uh, we purchased the house for 160 We sold the house for 240 116 160 60 And we sold for 240 Okay. So... Um, I didn't know about, I knew that the federal lien was there, but I didn't know all the rules and, and things. Now you I, do. Now I do. <laughs> so, um, it, I kind of, it kind of took me in a place where I was very afraid mm -hmm. that I was going to probably lose the investment. They were probably going to only pay us back what we pay for at the auction and that mm -hmm. kind of stuff. It didn't happen. Lucky enough, thank God. Um, I made them an offer, and they accept my offer. Who's they? Uh, I, uh, federal government, federal the IRS. Government, okay. Yeah. So they accepted my offer to remove the right to redeem the property. So just pay them some money, and we kept the house, sold the house. But okay, things so like that. That was happen. the first time that kind of situation came up for you? Yes. Okay. And you went through it. And you figured it out, right? Yeah. It's amazing. Cool. So, yeah, it's the challenges are all going, always going to be there. And I, I asked one guy one time, he's 
he invests in uh, commercial buildings and he rents them out. And I asked him, he's been in the business for about 10 years. He's got like $3 million worth of properties. So I asked him, hey, bro, what do you think I uh, should, uh, should, should do? What is it that you have to have so you can be a an, 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 uh, businessman, a uh, successful businessman? What's the key to, to, to be successful? It's like, man, you just don't have to be afraid. I was like, what? What do you mean not to be afraid? Um, and I kind of understand it. I think I understand this a little more now. Um, the biggest obstacle is always yourself. It's, it's just the me not being able to say, I want to do this and I want to just do it. You don't commit yourself. Statistically, they say that every person has got three ideas, minimum three ideas that will get them to wealth. They'll get them wealthy in life. But um, a lot of us don't listen to any of them because we are afraid. We just don't want to take the risk. And comfort is something that uh, keeps us from uh, uh, reaching our success. Um, if you're comfortable, you're not growing. You need to be always uncomfortable. And when you're willing to uh, be uncomfortable, you're always going to be pushing yourself to find more things. If you don't know something, you're uncomfortable, you need to find the answer to what you don't know. And it's a constant growth in your knowledge and the trade and on yourself as a human being. So that's kind of how I see business. Right. So um, challenge, but at the same time, is a lot of a lot of um, good things in return. Excellent. Okay. So where do you see yourself, like in the next five, ten years? What's up ahead? Oh, that's a great question. Um, I have already have plans for the next 10 years, but, um, God willing, we can, we can, um, we can, uh, get there. Uh, so I see myself in 10 years owning a million, millionaire company. That's, that's, that's what I want. Mm -hmm. And that's what I share with my brothers. Mm -hmm. Uh, we only been in business, like I said, oh, they're going on two years. Um, we have worked in equipment. Um, close to two hundred thousand dollars. We own outright everything we got. Um, we got a property that's worth about three hundred thousand dollars that we're gonna start developing. So I see myself in the next ten years as a developer and general contractor with uh, hopefully a good portfolio of uh, apartment units or homes that we can uh, rent out for the, on our business. So that's kind of my future or our future as company, what uh, we have envisioned to be at. Great, okay. All right, so we're, I'm gonna kind of wind this down now. Um, and as we kind of wrap up our conversation, I like to ask my guests, what do you think would be your key piece of advice to somebody looking to get into real estate investing or just trying to build wealth? Well, I would say that, um, like anything, 
you find yourself in, in the trade of the line of work you do and everything is based and this is how I see it everything is based on so many different things but the most important things for uh, somebody trying to do a business is integrity uh, if you don't have a business now and you're just an employee be the best employee there create a reputation where you are make a name out of yourself um, people to believe that you are something worth of trust um, be there for the one that needs it right there when they need it um, your co-worker and just as simple as helping helping them out when they need it you know they will shovel in a hole and you just watch them you know, just jump in and help be the one that um, they want to help the other uh, when you do this what you're doing is at the same time you're doing it good for the other you're doing a better good for yourself because um, people that have good impression of yourself will talk for you and will refer you later on when you start your business um, it's the seed that you plant and you harvest it later so I've seen all this happening in our lives for the last couple of years when we left the company that we used to work for uh, we used to work for Poland Ray Poland and Sons mm -hmm. so we left Poland and um, great company uh, we learned a lot of things from them and I'm very thankful for everything we learned with them so when we left we never did any promotion whatsoever anybody and we have have so much work since day one till now um only time we were down was the month of snow yeah which everybody <laughs> was off yeah you know? so um but uh, i think that's something that we all need to do even if you're not a, my, a business mindset person but it just opens so many doors for you when uh you just do the best of yourself and whatever you whatever you are whatever you do it'll it'll create who you are and uh, later on in the future you'll see that that'll always pay you back if you think you're generous be more generous life will be more generous back to you I think uh, that's one of the key things uh, for success um, being somebody humble being somebody that um, desire not only the best for himself but for the others as well because you can be selfish and be successful um you only like they say you only rip what you sow you gotta be the one that wants to give and people at the same time it's like when you love somebody you love the guy or love the girl whoever you your son your daughter and at the same time, when you love them and serve them, they will love you and serve you back. As a result of giving, uh, that success comes with it. I must have picked up on something when we started talking two, two three weeks ago, because that's how I would kind of describe you. I mean, I just really got the sense that you had a lot of integrity and didn't know you from Adam, right? Just, no. just met. So that is fantastic advice, um, a wonderful philosophy that you share and I'm sure you live by. So I want to thank you for that and thank you for joining us today to talk about 
your life and your experiences with real estate investing and, um, you know, building wealth and helping your family out and, and your community as well. So yeah. thank you very much, Hilario. I appreciate it. Thank you, Angie, very much for the opportunity to come in and share this little bit of story or experience on what we are and what we are. And so I thank you and you have a blessed day. Thank you. I want to thank my guest again for stopping by the podcast booth and sharing their unique story with us. And thank you for listening to today's program. Be sure to go to aveafp.com to check over the show notes for details and links from our conversation. Have you ever wondered what your potential is for building and maintaining wealth? Right now, go to my website, aveafp.com forward slash wealth potential to take a free assessment and find out. I bet you'll be surprised by the results. Don't forget to send in your questions and I'll answer them in a special listener mailbag episode. So I invite you to come back and listen again, subscribe and leave a five-star review on iTunes or your favorite podcast app or at aveafp.com. That's A-V-E-A-F like financial, P like planning.com. Thank you for tuning in.